podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, pod friends. Welcome, one and all. There's plenty of underdog stories across European football so far this season. Aston Villa, Girona, Ipswich Town, to name just a few. But perhaps one that is not getting enough traction is the incredible story of Thiago Mota and Bologna. Last weekend, they vanquished Jose Mourinho. Roma 2-0, a win which sees them solidify their position in the top four in Serie A. The master, Mourinho, defeated by his apprentice, Mota, who played under the Portuguese coach at Inter as part of that fantastic treble-winning team back in 2010. Mota dedicated the win over Roma to Bologna club legend the late Cesar Mihailovic last weekend, marking a year since his death. There was a special atmosphere at the Stadio dell'Ara to mark the occasion the former coach's wife and children were in attendance as fans hailed the occasion with chants and emotional banners in Mihailovic's memory. Make no mistake... This result was no fluke or emotionally charged one-off. The Rossi Blue have held Inter, Juventus and Napoli to stalemates in Serie A this season and accumulate a massive 28 points from 16 games, signalling the best ever start to a Serie A season since the league adopted three points for a win. Against Roma, a team of vastly greater spending power, they dominate them from start to finish and to rub more so in the Roma wounds, Bologna moved ahead of them to grab fourth position on the table. But the fun didn't stop there this week for Bologna. Midweek, they produced another scintillating display of their newfound power. Thiago Motta's side eliminated an all-conquering inter-outfit from the Coppa Italia to surge through to the quarterfinals. Last year's Champions League finalist Inter could not resist the powers of young Dutch striker Zerxe sprung from the bench. The youngster produced two inspired assists to oust the reigning cup holders from the competition after extra time. So can Motta and his band of merry men start to dream of European qualification? And just how has this club and manager initiated this surge up the league to upset the Serie A top apple cart? We call up with Serie A guru and genius Daniela Fischella to dissect just how this Roma renaissance is manifesting itself. Enjoy. Daniele, welcome to Euro Tales, my friend. Please tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your passion for Syria. Ciao, Liam. I'm an Italian journalist. I've been covering Italian European football for the last 15 years or so. I work in the UK 
I cover Italian football for UK's biggest sport radio station called TalkSport, but uh, I've also do uh, bits and bobs, uh, podcast appearances. I write about uh, it's area. Uh, I do some uh, previews. I do betting previews and stuff like that. But obviously, with um, everything focused around uh, Serie A and Italian teams, uh, uh, not only in Serie A, but of course uh, in Europe. A wise man, my friend. I've been following you for a while. How surprised are you with this rise of Bologna this season? I speak to you on the day after they've ousted Inter from the Coppa Italia. Is this an ambush or has this Bologna machine been building for a while? They are where they are. It's no chance. It's no surprise. Uh, They've been uh, built for the last couple of seasons to be more successful and uh, of course this season they are the big surprise in Serie A they sit in the fourth place at the moment and they knocked out the holders Inter from uh, Coppa Italia but it's a team that uh, has been built with a very precise uh, criteria in the last couple of seasons since 2022 and I go back to the point when um, uh, the, the owners, the Cadenia president, Joey Saputo, decided to um, hire Giovanni Sartori as a managing director, sporting director. And Giovanni Sartori, uh, Serie A followers will know he's the man behind the two um, small miracles of the recent times in terms of football. First of all, Chievo Verona, the team from the outskirts of Verona, Verona's second team that rose from the third division to Serie A in the early 2000s and even qualified once for the Champions League. And of course, Atalanta, uh, Sartori is the man who built the successful Atalanta who went to the Champions League and was in touching distance to uh, get to a Champions League uh, final, was only knocked out by PSG. And of course, his gr- thanks to his great scouting, managing, and the criteria is building a team around young players, players that can improve players that are willing to do sacrifices to follow a certain uh, type of manager that wants to play a football that is attractive, attacking, dynamic, but also is buying players that can hold value and can increase the value in the future. And that's exactly what Bologna has been doing since the last two years. Of course, nothing could have been possible without the wise management and progressive management of former Inter, PSG and Italy midfielder Thiago Motta, who's been outstanding since he replaced the late Sinisa Mihailovic um, around 18 months ago. You, you've mentioned Motta, dear, and this football now that's upstairs in Bologna now. Many people would have wrote Motta off after that Genoa stint but has he refined his approach? He's conjured an amazing team in Bologna on a very <clears throat> modest budget. I think Thiago Motta, in his first experience in Italy, was particularly unlucky. He couldn't save a Genoa side that looked a little bit desperate, and it was very, very difficult for him to save them. But in the following season, when he went to manage Spezia, also, a very small club from Liguria operating on a small budget and that season with no transfers because of a FIFA ban and a fine that was imposed on them, he managed to save them and 
And that was one of Motta's biggest achievements. I think uh, Tiago Motta came to Italy um, with a little bit of uh, a bad uh, reputation and bad pedigree uh, from his time managing the under 19 or under 17, I guess, a PSG. And there was one of those quotes that went around. He said, I look at football tactics with a 2 7 Two, because he said the football pitch should be looked in a horizontal way rather than a vertical way. Everyone made fun of him, but he was trying to explain that in modern football, modern tactics, you got 11 players of movement, including the goalkeeper. And of course, there is no longer the uh, the concept of 4-3-3 uh, or 3-5-2 that is fixed, but the position are much more fluid. I think back then his words were misinterpreted. He was looked like perhaps like a naive um, new managers, but we had has to be said that he completely transformed Bologna. Bologna 18 months ago were a team that was reactive, low block team. We're not playing uh, on the front foot. We're trying to play to avoid conceding goals. And he completely transformed them. He gave these players, the young players, confidence, the opportunity to express themselves. And he likes his players to take risks. He always said, I'm not angry with you if you lose the ball. I'm angry if you don't sprint to recover the ball as quickly as possible. And Bologna have completely changed. Look, I've got a couple of numbers here in front of me that explain you how much they've improved year on year. First of all, they got nine more points in the table compared to last uh, season. They won five consecutive home matches. That's the first time since 2018-2019. Third best defense of Serie A uh, currently. And last season... Whereas they scored the same number of goals after 16 games, 20, they conceded 14 more goals. So this Bologna side now, it's all about control. It's all about keeping the ball, moving in well, being confident, not risking too much, really. They don't risk a lot against top sides. And in the last year and a half, they've developed an habit of taking points out against all the top side in Italy. If you look at the results, they've taken points against all the top seven, top eight, especially home at the Dallara. But the game of yesterday confirms that you know, they are able also to go to the San Siro and beat Inter that at the moment looked invincible. There was a degree of luck. I think Inter would have deserved probably to score within the 90 minutes. But in the end, after Bologna went behind, they were so good, so composed. And of course, with the... With the quality of two players like Zirkze and Doye, they had a better of uh, the Serie A leaders. You've touched on them there. How can we talk about Bologna without mentioning Zirkze? There is a strong Dutch influence <laughs> there, isn't there? Sidney yeah. van Hooydonk, Ossam Eluzi and Sam Bukema got his first goal last night in the Copa Italia. Yeah. Do Bologna scout much around the Dutch leagues? They did because uh, this season they bought uh, Bukema from Azeid Alkmaar, also Carson from Azeid Alkmaar. In total, they spent mm-hmm. 20 million euros, and Carson has been injured so far. But there are good things said about this uh, young player. And with Zirkze, they understood there was uh, a great player in there, he just needed to be given the right opportunity. Zirkze landed in Italian football, went to Parma from. Bayern Munich and Parma got relegated that season and Zirkze 
uh, had a little bit of a reputation of being more fun to watch rather than useful. He didn't quite seem the finished product. His finishing, his goal scoring, his numbers were not great. But uh, starting from last season, but more, more, more above all this season, Thiago Motta has worked a lot with the young uh, Dutch striker, has refined, has coached him. And you can tell him he's much more effective in front of goals, but not only. He can give assists. Yesterday in Inter, he gave yeah. two great assists. One with a flying back heel to allow Bukema to score after a corner. And the second one, not making Acerbi. And Acerbi is one of the meanest and strongest defenders in Serie A. Ask Erling Haaland in the Champions League final how well he was marked. And then after not making Acerbi almost on the welfare line, he just slipped the ball, passed through Doye. Zirkze, he's been uh, the talisman, he's been uh, the, the, the game changer for Bologna, already seven goals this season. And yes, he's been, uh, he, he has uh, matured. Again, a player that Bologna bought for around 8 million euros, but I think now he's worth at least three times more of what they, of what they bought him. So a great way to make the most of a young, rough talent and mold him into an all-round striker is not uh, a striker that particularly enjoys to play in one position. He moves a lot. He's very quick, very good with his feet. So, yes, they got uh, they got a very good talent there in their hands. As you say, Dave, for people who haven't seen him, well, they must. They're wasting their lives because he's a joy to watch six for four inches. An athletic specimen. But as you said, seven goals in Serie A. Level the likes of Interstura and Monopoly's Osserman. Do you think he's getting enough kudos for what he's doing this season? Game by game, people are starting noticing a lot. He started the season with a bit of a doubt because you know he had he had some big boots to fill because uh, Bologna in the summer decided to let go uh, last year, two years ago, top scorer and last year one of the most important players, Arnautovic who incidentally went to Inter and yesterday against Bologna missed a goal from five meters out, to decide to uh, hand the starting uh, position to Zirkze. So there were a lot of doubts on that. The big question is, is the Dutchman able to score goals? Will he get into double figures? Is he just an assist man or just a player to, uh, that is just nice to watch, but he's uh, he's proving uh, the doubters wrong because uh, he's converting the chances. He's quick. He's very good at playing on the defender's shoulders. He also good, uh, you know, collecting second balls, scoring go goals on the rebound. So he's getting much much better in the box. And last night we saw he's also a team player. He's happy to uh, to provide assists. So I think he he's getting a lot of credits and uh, he's got a lot of responsibility, Zirkze, because uh, you know uh, Bologna last season had um, they shared the loads of goals between Orsolini who scored 14 Ferguson who scored nine then there were a couple of goals from uh, the midfielders but as I mentioned before they are not a high scoring side you know only 20 goals scored in the league it's not a high Italy. So they need to make sure that when they have a chance, they do convert them, they do keep the ball uh, really well. And uh, Zirkse is um, the player that in Serie A has played more minutes after Lautaro Martinez. So obviously he's, uh, he's, he's, he's very much trusted by his manager, Motto. He's a vulcrum of that attack. And as you said there, Bologna's defence being so solid because they've only yeah. scored one more goal than 12th place. Lecce. But then you mentioned the Scottish midfielder there, Lewis Ferguson. At times, yeah. him and Xerxes almost look telepathic. 
such as their synergy. How excited should Scottish fans be with Lewis Ferguson's development under Mata? He's uh, only one goal short of Dennis Lowe to become the highest wow. Scottish scoring player in Serie A. So, you know, that tells you something. Dennis Lowe used to play for uh, Torino, of course, a great, a great Scotland player. He developed um, Lewis Ferguson, who, who Sartori signed from Aberdeen for only two millions uh, two seasons ago, into a complete midfielder, a false nine. The last year scored nine goals, can play in all the positions of the attack behind the striker as a focal point as well. He reminds a lot of uh, Müller of Bayern Munich who's not a pure striker, but scores an awful lot of goals and is very good in the box, is a player that is also very, very intelligent at reading the phases of the games, good physique as well. Again, being given a lot of opportunities to play in Serie A has developed a lot. It's not the first Scottish player that Bologna develops because Haron Hickey was there a couple of years ago and then move to the Premier League and he's a regular in the Steve Clark uh, national team. I think, uh, you know, for Scotland, for going to the Euros, having a player like Ferguson, which probably might not be in the starting eleven, but with two good years of experience in Serie A, is definitely something they're going to use, they're going to tap in. And again, he's a player whose value probably now it's 10 times more than what they bought yeah. him. They only bought him for, for $2 million. So again, doing a great uh, piece of business. And also, thanks to Thiago Motta, who gave him the opportunity to play in a new position, because for Aberdeen, he was more of a um, traditional midfielder, if you like, a box-to-box midfielder. But giving the opportunity to play in a more advanced role when Arnautovic was injured last season. And uh, the Scottish player has repaid trust in full. On Mata, you mentioned there, he's getting these rough gems, refurbishing them, and they look reborn. Salamakas, another one, AC Milan, surplus to requirements, plays against Saleri Natana, nearly got more than half the team books. That reminded me, Daniele, of Diego Maradona running around and people trying to kick lumps of Just what is his ceiling now under Mata? But I think Salamakers uh, has been a little bit unlucky in his Milan uh, career. I mean, he played over 110 games for Milan, only six goals, but scored a couple of very good goals. If you remember last season, he did a sort of Maradona run at the Maradona against Napoli in a 4-0 win in the league. But he's always been seen at Milan Salamakers like the jack of all trades, always good to play in different position on the right in midfield uh, the man for all the occasions but sometimes these players they don't get uh, the credit they deserve because they are everywhere and they're used so much uh, maybe some people look at the numbers and the score tally and their assist tally is not that high they think they're a little bit useless. Well, I think it's completely the opposite. Salem Eckers was a, a player that at Milan, and when Milan won the Scudetto, was the, the player that gave them balance, gave them control, especially when you play with a front three with Leao on the left-hand side. You do need a player with a little bit more defensive duty on the right-hand side to protect the side of the pitch where Calabria is the likes to push forward as well. This season, Milan has suffered for a lack of balance when, uh, yes, on the right-hand side, we the wherever Chukwes or Pulisic, not players that like to run backwards particularly, but Salamakers, I think a great piece of business from uh, from Bologna, is only 25 years old, so uh, relatively young or in, in, in his maturity. Uh, they got him on loan 
they can buy him back for uh, six uh, millions. And again, it is a, it is a player that doesn't always start for uh, Thiago Motta as part of the rotation. And in a team that is full of young players as well, you do need somebody like Salamé who's got international experience, played in the Champions League, uh, played over uh, 12 games uh, for Belgium. So it's a, it, 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 it is an established player. And I think, uh, again, um, he can flourish in a team uh, like Bologna, and Bologna can make the most of him. Again, a player that, that can play in so many positions. Another player, Mates, revamped is Ricardo California, the 21-year-old fullback. He's converted him into a centre-back. He yes. looks like he's been playing there his whole life. How impressed are you with him? Very, very impressed. And so has been uh, the public in it. Italy and the Italian manager, uh, Luciano Spalletti, because, yes, you mentioned Calafiori. It was born as a left wing back. That's where he was playing for Roma. Made his debut very, very young for Roma when he was 17 years old. Europe there and Bologna were very clever at getting him back uh, this season um, and uh, yes, they used him as a centre-back and that's really another uh, great piece of intuition from uh, Thiago Motta because having to deal with a couple of injuries uh, there in in their, in their back four, and so the Calafiori has got the physique of course he's very tall, he's an imposing figure, but also the technique to help Bologna building the play from the back and it's been outstanding uh, so far he formed a very very good partnership with Posh or with Lukumi depending who he plays with so yes you know I think it's important for Bologna also to have Italian players there there are quite a lot of foreigners in this uh, Bologna roster but to have to somebody Italian and you know relatively young as well I think I think it was a very smart move for uh, for Bologna and you know with the Euros looming coming up I think Calafiori could be in contention to be on the plane uh, for um, for Germany. You know, as I said, a player that can play in different positions is always very useful, especially when you go into tournaments. He's really flourishing, and so are Bologna. So I must put you on the spot, Daniele, and ask you: Are they destined for Europe? Not play, not playing in Europe currently is an advantage, because of course Roma, Lazio, Napoli will play couple of games, they play a couple of games more already than them, and they got a lot more pressure on them. Now, Bologna hasn't played in Europe for the last 21 years. They have no pressure. There is no expectation for them to finish in the top four. Even a top seven finish will be considered a great, great achievement. And I think the calendar, the run of fixture, of course, so let's see what happens with the Coppa Italia, because now having knocked out Inter and facing Fiorentina in the quarterfinals, the draws open up. So Bologna could also go into Europa League by winning uh, the Coppa Italia. It represents a big opportunity. Bologna have drawn a lot of games, perhaps too many. Since last season, have drawn 19 games, only lost two so far this season. So... It will be about, now I think is where the difficulty starts. It will be about defending their fourth spot, the fourth uh, position, making sure that when they are ahead, they can kill the game off. The one that comes to mind, for example, was the recent draw at Lecce when they did 1-1, took the lead and a lot of chances. And in the end, they considered they equalized in the 10 minutes of stoppage time. So it is a team that still needs to mature from, uh, from that side. But, you know, the team looks uh, complete, looks accomplished. They don't need to sign 
retain any more players in the January transfer market. As I said, they got a, a good squad. Yesterday in the game against Inter, Thiago Motta gave opportunity to the second string players and only introduced the big guns later on in the game. And they did really, really well. So, you know, everything looks like Bologna could continue this run. Of course, now on, uh, on Sunday, there is a game against that. Atalanta, uh, which is a bit of a six-pointer for a Champions League qualification at home. Let's see what they do. But yeah, nonetheless, considering the struggles of the two Roman side and the Napoli that haven't reached last season highs and probably will never reach last season highs, yes, there is more than a chance for Bologna to push for, uh, for the top seven finishing the Europa League or Conference League places should they finish in the in in, in the Champions League so in the top four that would be the story of the year for sure as you were saying they don't need any players but Joey Sabuto the Canadian owner must be having <laughs> sleepless nights thinking of tying down Mota and some of his gems well Mota has been linked to different uh, jobs already last summer he was one of the managers in Aurelio De Laurentiis, the Napoli president's book, to replace Spalletti. And in the end, it didn't happen, but he's been already linked to them. Milan, you know, with Stefano Pioli's future always been a little bit in doubt, could represent a very good destination for him in terms of brand of football they like to play. Somebody also mentioned Juventus. Inter, when Inzaghi last season were in crisis, also the name of Motta was mentioned. Of course, uh, he's, he's going to be a man in demand and depends where he feels he can take this team forward. If he believes a European campaign, if they're going to qualify for Europe, is going to be the next step, well, probably he could do the same as Roberto De Zerbi did at Brighton, qualify Brighton to Europe and then stay there uh, the year after. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be destined to, it's going to be destined to, 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 to big things, you know, former PSG man could, could perhaps uh, see an opportunity there. But uh, I think, I think Motta is still, is, is still a manager that has got a, lo a long, long career in front of him. So have some of the Bologna players. I'm sure uh, there will be a couple of names that are going to be leave the, the team in the summer. But under the management of Giovanni Sartori, I think Bologna are already looking and scouting for uh, the next big things. Of course, is a little bit of a gamble, but, you know, uh, Store history and recent records tell, tell, tell us that normally when there are people that are so competent and at the helm, these things pay off. And Joy Saputo has got big projects for Bologna. It's, uh, it's been almost 10 years since he bought the club. Right. It's been a slow start, a slow burner. They were in Serie B in the second division when he bought them. He changed a few managers. They weren't always attractive as they used to be, as used to be now. But the big project is the new stadium, the new Stadio Dallara, which is going to be finished in 2027. And this is a big uh, revamped project. Uh, Stadio Dallara is an historical stadium, so there were a lot of bureaucratic hurdles to overcome. Bologna is going to play in a temporary stadium for two seasons from the 2025 season. It's a small 16,000 uh, spectator stadium in the outskirts of Bologna while the Dallara gets renewed. Once this is going to be finished and completed, it's going to become one of the best stadiums in Serie A, possibly one of the venues to host the Euros that Italy is going to co-host with Turkey in 2030. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of interesting and exciting things happening under the two towers. It's very refreshing to see a club with such a rich history. One of the founding members of Serie yep. A, aren't they? Bologna to 
to see them go through this renaissance. Daniele, thank you so much. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Please tell our listeners where they can hear more of your fantastic insight and work. Well, thanks, uh, first of all, Liam, uh, for having me. I wish you Merry Christmas and Buon Natale to everyone who's uh, listening uh, to, to your podcast. Well, uh, you could hear me if you live in the UK or abroad. You could hear me on some of their European football shows, especially Trans Europe Express that goes on air on TalkSport, UK's largest sport radio station on a Sunday, 9 p.m. UK time. I do work uh, also for UEFA, for UEFA Champions League match day live so the co the audio commentary of european uh, games of course when italian teams are involved and then you can follow me on twitter at the thesis delta f-i-s-i and that's where i post most of my works uh, my previews of Serie A, my articles and you know if you want to send me a message or a comment or talk about football in general please feel free i always love to hear from from people exchanges ideas there's a lot always a lot to learn and uh, yes it's always it's always a pleasure to 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 have a chat thank you so much for your time i'll link your twitter in the show notes thank you very much speak soon you're listening to Eurotales, where European football stories are explored one at a time. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Eurotales. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.